hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Fine Tune Tuesday podcast. I'm your host, Aaliyah Jones. I wanted to include an episode this season on social media because of the pretty influential role it plays in so many of our lives. As I was taking a year to work through some spiritual and emotional healing, I took a few breaks from social media. I wasn't in a healthy enough space to engage with social media and not get wrapped up in comparison traps and crippling anxiety about what I should and shouldn't post. While I agree that social media aids in depressive symptoms and becomes quite addicting, I also believe that users have a responsibility to know when they need to put apps down and take a break. I asked this week's guest to come on to this episode because of how distant he has become from social media. He is one of those friends that I have to pick up the phone and call to check in on because I can't just watch his story for a quick update. Our connection has maintained itself through making time for each other in person, and I appreciate that. As always, sit back, relax, and learn during another fine-tuned session on purging platforms. What's up, Miguel? Welcome to the Fine Tune Tuesday podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course. I want, it's going good. I wanted to bring you on to the episode because we briefly touched on social media when we were at happy hour a few months ago. Yeah. So I thought that your perspective would be very unique because you're kind of a low key kind of person. (laughs) And I love that perspective. So before we get started, feel free to share more about yourself and let folks know who you are. Yeah. uh, My name is Miguel. Um, Born and raised Aurora, Colorado, just outside of Denver. Um, Do a little bit of marketing work for some companies for their YouTube channels and stuff like that. And I guess I'm a low-key individual. I think that's accurate to describe myself. Thank you for sharing a little more. So before we get started in our questions, we have a segment on the podcast. It's called Fine Tune Frequency. It's like a holistic check-in, letting folks know how you're entering the space, like mentally, how your heart feels, all that good shit. So how are you feeling? Uh, I think I feel pretty good. Like recently in the past couple of days, I've been uh, meditating more and stuff like that. You know, it's always uh, up and down when you're doing it or not doing it or just being in tune with yourself. But I think recently I've just been, you know, out in the sun, just, mm. uh, I think, appreciating appreciating things. I feel good. I feel good. How about you? That's good. That's good. I'm feeling it's really interesting that we're having this conversation right now because it's a Saturday and I dedicated my weekend to getting these episodes recorded. And I had a moment I got on Instagram and I was just looking at people's stories and I was like, dang, everyone's outside. (laughs) I'm inside all weekend, right, to get this shit done. But then I had to hop back into being present into my reality and realize that, like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be uh, right now. So I'm feeling better and I'm excited to have this conversation to just recenter myself for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start off. And I just let's start off by sharing what our relationship with social media is like. Uh, I've always been like on MySpace, I guess, was the first social media and then Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook and all those. I've, you know, wanted to see as soon as the new one dropped, you know, Snapchat or whatever, I'll sign up and just check it out and stuff like that. And then I think 
later on going into college, you know, you just want to be different or something like that. And I felt like I was, uh, no, I think it was, I think it was a little further into college. I just (laughs) was getting a little reckless with, um, my behavior on social media. So then not, not even anything crazy, but just like saying, I guess, being a, a troll for likes or retweets or responses or something like that. And, um, I don't know, it got, it got to a point where then I'm thinking like everything I'm going about my daily life and just thinking like, Oh, that would be a good tweet or, Oh, let me capture this in a Snapchat and then I could make a caption on it and stuff like that. And I wasn't just going around having regular, just random thoughts or looking at a thing and not thinking about how can I make a joke about this or something like that. So I took a hiatus from, I think like most of them. And then now, now every now and then I'll, I'll come back to them and check them out but I post a lot less frequently Mm, yeah I I think my journey with social media has been sometimes I'm like on it I'm very active and then other days I'm very similar to you where I I take a long break currently (laughs) I'm pretty active but it's also because I have read I've done a lot of research about having a podcast and interacting with your your followers right like the the biggest part of promoting yourself is the social part so i realized i have to be a little bit more social on social media because of the the brand so it's (laughs) so interesting however since we last talked i've been feeling less anxious posting i think Mm -hmm. that was something i ran into is i would overthink every single thing i would post like it could take me an hour to just post one singular post because I was like, do I look okay? Is the caption all right? Am I saying the right thing? And it's like, yo, there's no reason why <laughs> these apps should be creating this much anxiety for me. Well, then, you know? well, you'll, you see a lot of people will post the, it's the same four pictures, like mm. the same outfit, same place. You know what I mean? Like, but you slide through the IG and it's just maybe a different pose. That's like, oh, you can't pick the the best picture. That's some of the anxiety of like, I don't know which one's the best one. So all all four of these go up. Literally, I think for me, I've tried like last summer. I tried to get better at showing more of my life beyond just what I'm wearing or what I look like. And so I started to post my friends and places and poetry I was reading because it better. I feel like it like encompassed who I am as a person. Whereas a lot of social media accounts are solely based on like how we look. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting, like the way people may perceive maybe not even you, but your profile. Cause let's say you comment on a post and then they go click your name. Oh, let me see who this person is. Mm-hmm. And then they have to scroll so far before they get to see you they're like, oh, why doesn't this person like post their their face that often? Like, you you seem weird if you're not consistently posting your face. What is this, this person's just some like anonymous avatar? <laughs> and it's interesting too because 
posting your face or your body just garners the most attention. Yeah. Well, that's the, I mean, on uh, Twitter too, like for pictures, but Twitter has a lot more um, love for thoughts, like whether they're good or bad, but that's, you know, you're getting out a couple of sentences, but Instagram is straight images and what wins with imagery is like food and sex and that's like bright colors. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to take some time to talk about the mental health aspects of social media. I was doing a little digging before we got on the call and the Child Mind Institute and the National Center for Health Research uh, suggest that people who use social media feel more depressed and less happy than those who spend more time on non-screen related activities. So it's factors like addiction, comparison, focus on likability, filters, fear of missing out Mm -hmm. are all adding to these unhealthy social media habits. So I wanted to kind of break all of these down, starting with addiction and hear what your opinion is on why does this, like why is social media so addicting for us? Um, We don't allow ourselves to be bored or, you know, sit in that space of like, you have to deal with your thoughts and, that's where a lot of issues come from is like you don't deal with your thoughts which are they can be good or bad you you sit there bored for like 30 seconds and then next thing you know you spend the next two hours on tiktok or something like that Mm -hmm. so then you see all these types of things on tiktok but the problems in your mind don't go away you just kind of put them on the back burner and now you're seeing all types of stuff like buff dudes and like hot girls on on the TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or something like that. And then now you log out and now you have to go back to dealing with your regular life, which mm-hmm. I think is, is the, you know, we have to give our, ourselves a chance to kind of sit there and, you know, appreciate our real world, our real world for what it is and not. I guess, uh, be so unintentional with how we consume social media. Mm. I think it's also interesting, and you alluded to this a little bit, but social media apps and websites have the same kind of effect on the brain as playing a slot machine, right? Right. It's like that idea of getting likes makes you want to go back and check your phone. Like you post it and then you put it down and you're like, I want to see. So you keep going back and going back for that dopamine release, right? Right. It's that feeling of being rewarded, which is the same chemical link to the pleasures of sex and food, as you mentioned. And you briefly brought up comparison, but I want us to kind of dig deeper here. What are some of the psychological impacts that you've seen people close to you or yourself go through from, you know, indulging in social media? Uh, I think uh, for myself, yeah, it's just a different pace of thinking like for because twitter has you know the the 240 characters now where i think before it was like 120 or something like that so Mm -hmm. everything i would think about is like can i get this joke off in 120 characters Mm -hmm. and so then it like minimized my attention span and that was you know in that time frame i was not 
picking up a book or anything or reading. And then when I was trying to read again, it was just coming through like it, it, I couldn't get the message in the long form because then it's like a 10 page par- uh, uh, chapter. I'm like, come on, get to the point. But it, um, yeah, I think at least for me, it, it affected my attention span. Um, mm. But what about you? Have you seen any effects of it? Yeah, I would say for sure the two that come to mind is one beauty standards. And I think you brought this up briefly when you said like buff dudes are hot girls, mm-hmm. right? It's like beauty is taken to this unrealistic standard through media. Like in general, television, movies, all of that, but also social media because we're using filters right. and we're able to capture our best angles. Yeah, so you pick been, the best one out of like 200 pictures. 200 pictures and you can edit yourself. Right. You know, it's it's kind of wild, but we've become prone to comparing ourselves in extremely unhealthy and unrealistic ways. So for myself... You know, I fell into comparing like what my body looks like compared to other women. Absolutely. There's a certain like you need to have a flat stomach and you need to have, you know, a fat ass to be seen as very beautiful. But it's like not everyone has that body. So now we're having we're getting BBLs. Right. Yeah. (laughs) To fit into this this ideal body when it's like naturally we are we already look we already look good enough do you think right? the like can we call it a bbl pandemic do you think like <laughs> sorry go ahead <laughs> do you think the bbl pandemic would be going crazy if like instagram wasn't the thing i just i don't think so i i don't know like facts on this right or statistics yeah. or data on this but I do wonder how plastic surgery has increased since media became such a prominent thing in our lives, right? Because it's not even just BBLs, but it's getting your face done. It's like everything. It's trying to morph into this particular aesthetic to match what society has deemed as the best. And something you brought up earlier, too, in regard to Twitter and trying to make the perfect joke with a certain, you know, amount of characters is likability and sort of measuring ourselves off of interactions and reactions to us. Is there a way you think to have a healthy balance between just existing on social media as yourself and not looking for likability? So that's the that's the tough part is like. Because even then, our conversation now is affected by the fact that we both know that we're being recorded for a podcast. Right. right. <laughs> we're at the, you know, we're just over some drinks or something like that. You can, you're just talking a little bit different. But even then, I'm, I would talk to you different than I talk to my mom. And I would talk to her different than I talk to my boss and stuff like that. We all know those. So now on social media, like Twitter or Instagram, you're not talking to one person or a group of the same people. You're broadcasting across all these different channels. So like at work, even if you're giving a presentation, it's at work. You can all you can still keep it the same level. But if it's if you're giving a presentation and everybody, you know, is sitting there. Now you have to really just measure what you're saying, because it's your friends from high school, from college, from uh, 
uh, from work, just that you met at the bar, it's your family. And so now you have to say something or do something that hopefully doesn't piss somebody off or, you know, everybody likes it, but then only a certain people like it. So now you're thinking like, how can I post something that more people like? And it's a different um, demonstration of ourselves because you're going to say different things in person than you would behind a screen. So a lot of the conversations that you'll have on social media probably couldn't happen in real life because, you know, maybe somebody doesn't feel comfortable saying that in real life. Mm -hmm. But that's the, so Mm -hmm. I guess I say all that to say, like, if you say a joke on Twitter and it doesn't land, it's like, well, damn, nobody liked that. (laughs) But at least for me, that's like, if I say a joke and then in person, nobody laughs. I'm like, well, all right. Look, y'all, that was funny. I thought it was funny. I think there's this idea of when it's in person, something can happen. It could be extremely embarrassing, and then it's over with. It's like, all right, that's done. Yeah. (laughs) But if you post, if someone gets you on social media or you post it, Uh, (laughs) bro. Yeah. And and this is what happened. We saw this happen with, like, Kevin Hart, who posted something, like, 13 years ago that was in an anti-LGBTQ statement that was problematic and it came to haunt him like currently, you know, like when he was trying to host the Oscars and that can be the scary part about social media that at least for me creates anxiety is like, I don't want anything to be said that could one day catch up to me down the road. And now people are coming back when I have this amazing opportunity and being like in, in 2002, you said what I and now you can't come on, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because it becomes your uh, reputation. Like your exactly. your online presence becomes your reputation if it's big enough. I want to tap into the importance of taking the social media break. And you mentioned it a little bit when I asked you about your relationship with social media, but you know, what really caused you to decide to to take a step away and take that break? And did you see any benefits from that decision? It was tough, of course, you you know, because you're addicted to like seeing the jokes because that's the, you know, there's funny stuff, there's sad stuff, happy stuff, all types of drama that isn't your drama. You don't have to think about your life, stuff like that. So, you know, you're sitting there bored, just sitting outside on the hammock or whatever, just chilling and, uh, I want to go on Twitter, but it's off my phone. So then I go on the Google Chrome on my phone and log into Twitter that way and shit like that. And you just look at it. It's like just fiend behavior. And because then even then I don't go on the on the mobile app, then I'll go on the laptop and, and find it on laptop. But I thought I just looked at the times that I would search for it was when you know, some, like, I I just didn't want to be in that moment. It was like, Mm -hmm. you know, this moment is boring. I'm frustrated, angry, sad, whatever. I just want to get past this moment. And to pass the time is, you know, looking at other people's happiness, which will hopefully uh, cure my problems, which uh, didn't. But... (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, and then I guess yeah, just um, just well, let me let me sit in this and and think about it. I guess my I feel like for me, like I told you, I've taken breaks from social media on and off, and whenever I've been off of social media, I just feel more present and I'm less likely to even be in the mindset to think about what someone else is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I could like, for instance, today when I woke up, I was so excited to start working on the podcast and just spend my weekend talking to friends and stuff. And then I got on Instagram and I watched like four stories folks were in the Dominican Republic, folks were at a party, right. you know, eating good on the summer day. And I was like, damn, why am I not doing that? But I woke up feeling perfectly fine with what my day was going to consist of. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, even if I've developed a healthier relationship with social media, it doesn't mean I'm like perfect at navigating the space. And I don't even know if there is a way to be perfect on social media, you know? Yeah, I'll be seeing you going on trips. That's what I'll be like, damn. <laughs> I need to go on some trips, right? One of my one of my best friends called me yesterday and he was like, Aaliyah, how have you mastered the ability to like be happy? And the biggest thing was I just stopped caring one what other people were gonna think about what I was doing. And I stopped kind of spending my time looking at other people wishing I could do that. And then I just went and I did it. Right. (laughs) You know? know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of that, um, and you were talking about it, like, because you see other people doing this thing and it looks cool. So now you want to do it. And that, that happens in real life too, or, but it's definitely magnified on social media because people aren't going to post their, their day at work they're going to post the vacation, which I mean, yeah, of course everybody wants to take the vacation, but the, the, if it looks cool enough, now you want to do it. And if all your friends are posting about it, all your friends are watching euphoria and now you want to watch euphoria so you can post it too, which is fine. But then the thing comes in, like, if you don't like watching euphoria, well, now you're just doing it so you can be in the thing and say you did it yeah like be in the know right right so you could participate and yeah be in the loop and not be out you could be you know in the in the joke and stuff like that yeah I I think for me I've actually gotten pretty good at not to me that sounds like another form of peer pressure like in <laughs> yeah exactly it's totally peer pressure I think I've gotten very good at not just doing something because I see somebody else doing it. Like I may have the thought of, damn, I feel left out, but I have gotten much better at saying, yeah, but I don't even actually want to be doing that. Right. Like I've kind of found that awareness of, okay, this is how I feel. And I can, I can feel that, but I also can let that go. Like I'll let that feeling come in. Right. (laughs) It's, it's real. (laughs) And then I'll let it go, (laughs) you know? And I, and I think that I've, been able to sit in that space with myself because I have found I've been able to take space. Like I said, okay, I don't need to go on social media this weekend. It's a, it's a free social media weekend because I don't want to be anywhere else, but here with the podcast, you know? So it's interesting. How did you have the discipline not to get back on? Like 
you mentioned at first you would get on the Chrome, you'd get on your laptop, <laughs> you'd find these things. Like what finally for you was just like, yo, I have to, I have to stop doing this. That's it's tough because I I feel like I kind of have a bad memory with these types of things, but um I think I I now I get on, I just don't post as much because I feel such a, a possibility of scrutiny, I think, is maybe an unhealthy version of um, interaction with social media. Like, I mean, I still post now and then, but it, or I guess I should say I'm much more intentional with uh, mm. what I post because I just know, like I was saying, you're speaking to everybody and even people that you don't know can see the message like you stand on a street corner and you shout as loud as you can and your voice only carries so much, but your tweet stays up for as, as long as it's up there and somebody could find it 30 years from now or just all types of things. And I was just thinking about stuff like that and just wanted to be much more careful with um, things I said on there for how, I, how I was perceived. Um, I think I, yeah, no, now that I think about it, I was talking to, a, you know, I was talking to a friend and they were talking about like how I'm a certain way. And I was like, well, I don't think I'm that way. And they were like, well, it looks like that off of Twitter. Mm. That's how it seems to me. And so then I just had to do a whole bunch of like how thinking about how I was um, demonstrating myself to the world. Mm. That's so interesting. <laughs> so you didn't really like you obviously didn't like that feedback. Um no, it, because yeah, like I was saying I would tweet stuff that I thought was mm -hmm. funny. And so like I felt like not a stand-up comedian, but like a comedian just making jokes like, "Ooh, I had a funny thought that will fit into these characters." And I'll tweet it because I know it's outrageous or something like that. So yeah. wh whatever it, it was, and then that person, like I, I'm trying to uh, start a relationship with this person potentially. And so then they're like, well, aren't you this way? And then I'm I'm telling them like, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's not how I am. You know, that's jokes on Twitter and stuff like that. And they're like, well, it seems a certain way and um hmm. so like even even then even if i was intending it to be a joke you could perceive it one way and have this whole different thought of who i am and so i i, I thought that was interesting i mean let's let's dig into relationships on social media <laughs> because this is this is interesting right there's there's this debate I've heard before about how often you should post your significant other on social media. <laughs> okay. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on relationship validity from social media. <laughs> like, so if you've already um, had a reputation of, posting things on your your Instagram then you know I could see somebody wanting to say like if I'm such a happy part of your life 
then why am I not on your, like, we took that vacation together and we took pictures together, but that didn't go on the, on the gram. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is that crazy? <laughs> so no, it's just like, it's just so true. It's just wild that we're in a space where I know these are conversations yeah. that folks are having. Because I've had it myself in my relationship, so it's funny. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but, but then, yeah, there's also the other side of like, I don't necessarily, it, it's a weird obligation to say, like, why don't you post me on your social media? Because then basically all you want is for their followers to know that you're with them. Because, I mean, I suppose in real life, the person is telling people, oh, yeah, I have a partner and they're so-and-so and stuff like that. They're not act, they're not hiding you in real life, hopefully. But on social media, like I said, you have to present yourself a certain way. And for whatever reason, they feel like you don't fit in the Instagram uh, carousel. I've been, on, I've been on both sides of this, right? where I've experienced the not being posted. Oh, I'll talk about that first. I've been on the side of not being posted, right? And I, at first, I think there was some discomfort created because, like, you do post on social media. <laughs> Why am I not included on your page, whatever it is? But for me, I had to... I had to like release that, to be honest, because it was taking away from me being satisfied with how our relationship was going well outside of whatever this person wanted to present on their social on their social media. Right. Like I was so hyper focused on what wasn't happening that it was like, yeah, but everything else is going well. Like you said, in real life you're getting introduced in this way. You're at their parents' house, et cetera. So why are you so clung to this like desire to be posted? However, I'm now on the other side in a relationship where I'm posted a lot, right? Um, and it does like, it does feel good. It's dope, <laughs> but it's not a requirement. Like I didn't ask for that. That person just, is that way and that's how they decide to go about their life, which is fine. And I think I'm comfortable with both sides. I personally, the biggest thing for me is like, yo, I have posted every single relationship of mine on social media. <laughs> well, and then, <laughs> so. but the, cause it's a tattoo, like in, in the, in the real world, they don't, there's not a, a dating log of who you've dated people that you know exactly. can know but you know on Instagram if you don't go back and delete those pictures of the person that you broke up with now there's just a picture of all of your exes and maybe you don't want that on your social media I mean I still have my ex on social media because that's a part of my life it's just literally a part of what happened in my journey so I I I don't want to just take them off and pretend like it didn't happen. But there are some However, there are some uh, partners that would want you to. That, exactly, but that's like that has everything to do with them. Like that's like an insecurity and control issue, right. in my opinion. That's part of the relationship. Is okay. Well, now is this something we're going to break up over? 
because I exactly. want, I don't want to delete that picture. I like that picture. Yeah. I, I just think, I think it's interesting. And for me, I've kind of gotten to a point where I do want to be more sure about a relationship's like longevity before I decide to post on social media. Like I do care about that because at the end of the day, I am introducing to my community who my partner is. What determines that? Is that just a feeling that you know? Yeah. Like for instance, if I post, like I've posted my partner on, you know, my Instagram story and people will be like, Oh, is that your new bae? <laughs> so it is an introduction. People really do follow our life through what we post. So I am, I do try to be a little bit more mindful about what I'm deciding to post because I do want it to feel a little bit more concrete, especially something like a relationship at this stage of my life. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see like, cause you're saying people follow your life through social media and definitely not being active on social media. You can feel like uh, outside of the box type stuff. Like, there's this whole thing going on and sometimes I check in and look okay this is what we're talking about this is the trending thing or okay this is the video that you know people are are looking at but if I don't post like hey this is what I did Uh, I just graduated I bought a car I'm uh, just got a job I left this job now I got a new job now nobody knows that story and I'm like plugged out of people's social feed like people see me and they're like oh shit (laughs) you're alive (laughs) tell me about that experience though right of like you said being low-key and what it means to save your life for the people who are closest to you because that's what ends up happening so if i'm sitting there at dinner with my parents and i'm just like scrolling whatever i'm not creating that moment or that memory where I remember being a kid and having so many memories, but now like most of my memories are like, oh, that one meme was hilarious. And then they responded with a tweet that was crazy, which is mm-hmm. cool every now and then. But like, I don't know, I, I wanted to like spend more time with the the people that I was there with. And, um, you know, you start having conversations with people and being like, damn, like that's a whole person right there that lived a, a crazy yeah. ass life. Yeah. Do you feel like taking a break from social media strengthened your relationships? Um, I think it can. I think me, I'm a little like socially awkward <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's it's like um I'm still I'm still quiet and you know, don't talk so much and that's just who I am. And I think a lot of that was just that, like me finding out like, okay, this is the type of person that I am. I like to do this. I don't like to do that. Um, you know, kind of figuring out what do I do that isn't influenced by somebody else liking it. And so now I have to like mm. it. So my relationships are, I think they are stronger just off a, off a sense of like, I I know I know and appreciate uh these people more but um 
I think for other people, it could work wonders. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because it sounds like you moved away from seeking external validation and you now get that from yourself, which is the best part of the that part of your journey, right? Like that's what we're all, that's what we all should be striving for is self-validation, I feel like. And community also doesn't have to be really big. Like community could be you and your family and that could be enough. Right. Some people need 50 people in the community. Others need I got my I got my squad of five and I'm good. Or just a cat. <laughs> you know? Or you just get a cat yeah, and that's all you got. I, I just finished having a conversation about solitude and how important it is that we find comfort in being alone. Mm-hmm. But if we're alone and we're on social media, that's not actually us practicing solitude. Exactly. If you if you can't sit thirty minutes by yourself then you're probably you probably got some of your own things to deal with and it's not like mm-hmm. the outside world so much you're probably just frustrated with some things and you got to just think about it yeah and social media helps us avoid ourselves oh for sure yeah you just want to get away from the icky parts of your life and go into yeah. the nice shiny world of uh, twitter instagram the luxury exactly right i know that we i know that we drag social media a bit but we are. We also know that there are benefits to it. It does benefits. help us build community, uh, find resources, tap into creative endeavors, and stay connected with our loved ones. But I think it's all about a balance, as we talked about. Right? Too much of anything is never a good thing. Right. You know. So as you and I have both discovered through our own practices with being on social media and taking breaks from it, you have to find that middle space where you're still present in your life. And when you do get on social media, you're not comparing your life to someone else's and you're still finding satisfaction in like whatever is going on in your, in your own reality. Right. Right. I mean, even getting off of social media isn't going to solve these problems, but it's a good step Mm -hmm. to to take. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we have this, we have this segment in the podcast, it's called fine tune tip. And so I ask guests to leave listeners with a tip of some sort related to, you know, social media, taking breaks from social media as they carry on about their day. For me, I use uh, um, the timers, like the the screen use timers. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like on your phone and you set like for Instagram, I only want to do, I think mine is 20 minutes on Instagram. And I try to stick to that because then... You know, the pop-up will show, hey, you got five minutes and stuff like that. And you just got to be really mindful for like, and that's the part where, you know, you can't lie to yourself. You can't cheat yourself Mm -hmm. because if you really want to do this thing, then when the pop-up comes up and says, hey, you're out of time, then you can't log log back into it unless like you're doing it with some real intention. When you're when you're putting the passcode in and stuff like that, then you got to be thinking about like, am I, what am I, am I just like bored and stuff like that, or just go do something? I think mm-hmm. use the timer, and when it pops up, go do something else. Follow the timer. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Uh, well, I appreciate you for for being here, Miguel. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you and see how you're doing. So thank you for spending your Saturday afternoon on the podcast. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was a good conversation. I always enjoy it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fine Tune Tuesday podcast. As always, we appreciate your support. If you can do us a favor and leave us a review, a comment, tag us on social media, share with your network. And let us know how we did. We love interacting with all of our listeners and would greatly appreciate your feedback and support as we continue on this journey. See you again next Tuesday.